Business owners are cluing into the fact that Bitcoin is here to stay, but its adoption is only about where internet adoption was in the mid-90s. In other words, there's still a ton of upside and opportunity. If you want to learn how other business owners and entrepreneurs are using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses so that you can too, stick around at the end of this episode to hear the trailer for my newest podcast, Business Bitcoinization. And now, on to today's episode. You're listening to the Life as Leadership podcast. Are you looking for motivation and encouragement on your path to becoming a better leader? If so, you've come to the right place. Keep listening to find a community of leaders committed to learning and taking action to improve their world. The Life as Leadership podcast, where leaders gather to grow together. Here's your host, Josh Friedemann. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show this week. Today, we're taking our first foray into the music industry. We're going to hear from a musical artist who's pretty early on in his career and talking about what it looks like to lead on and off the stage. Joining me to listen to and discuss the interview this week is my friend Mark Swallow with Molly Bowser, who's going to be joining us for our Friday episode, but is not here in studio with us today. I wanted to go ahead and start off by talking a little bit about musical performances. Not everyone knows this, obviously, Mark, but you do some music yourself, which means you kind of know what you're talking about in this area. So I'm wondering, what would you say is the best live music performance that you have ever seen? Uh, I I saw this band called Judah and the Lion in New Orleans a few years back, and I think that is the all-around best performance I've seen. Um as a musician, I, I I break down a lot of things. I, I sometimes I don't enjoy the concert because I'm analyzing it or I'm seeing what's actually going sure, on. Yeah, and I broke it down that I think it's uh, skill level, charisma of the performers, yeah, uh, and that kind of feeds into like this audience interaction that they have, and then also the overall sound wise. I, I've been to a concert where the volume was just too loud. I had to I had to walk out. I, I had to leave. But I, out of all those four things, I think. Uh, that performance and that band really, really struck a struck a chord with me. They, they got all three in, in perfect yeah, balance. They did. Yeah. How about for you? Uh, tell us a little bit about your musical experience and maybe your favorite live show that you've played. Yeah, um, I, I did a lot of worship when I was when I was in high school and even now in college. And that stuff that's what my passion is. But I think the most fun I've ever had is with my band now. Uh, it's called Sun and Co. And we we play around the Clinton Jackson area, and um, those are just the most fun. We we play songs that we love and songs that we've written that we've poured our heart and soul into. And I've never had more fun in a show before. That's uh, awesome. Uh, just jumping around and going crazy. Yeah. yeah. I would have to say my favorite live performance I've ever seen is the Wailers, which is the band that Bob Marley used to play with. They're still going around. And I think it was about a year about a year ago, they were in Jackson, Mississippi, and I went to go see them, and they put on a really enjoyable show. And I don't quite have the criteria to break down the performance, yeah. you know, analytics like you do, but it was just a, a great show. Well, our guest today is an Atlanta-based musician who is already headlining and selling out his own stages, but he's also shared the stage with the likes of Andy Grammer, Johnny Swim, Ben Rector, and David Crowder. Recently, he's also collaborated with Lecrae and Tripoli. Speaking to us today about the power of music and the value of leading from the stage, here is Abe Parker. Abe, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. So you just came out with a new music video for your song, Cool Kid. Could you share with us a little bit about that song, as well as some of the themes and messages you like to focus on in your music? Yeah, um, 
This last song that we released, it was kind of a cool project for me, um, particularly the inspiration for the song is kind of different than your typical, you know, top 40 love song. It was written from a place of, I just remember being in, in different situations throughout my life in high school and college and even, you know, out of college where I just felt peer pressured to do something that I didn't feel was morally right. And um, I wanted to write a song that kind of captured that feeling of, you know, having a friend that's getting into stuff that you don't think is right and you know it's not them, but they're just doing it to kind of be in the cool crowd and uh, in with the cool people. And I just wanted to write something to kind of empower people to stand up for what they believe, even when it's not the cool thing to do. I think there's a lot of things, especially in high school, I just remember kind of feeling left out and having friends that I, I thought we were on the same page and then they just got into, you know, in high school it was just drugs and, and sleeping around and, you know, stuff like that, that I, I just felt like wasn't, it wasn't them. Um, and it was hard to go through. Sure. Yeah. So you've moved beyond those years where it was kind of difficult to see your friends going through difficult situations and even difficult for yourself. And now you've moved into a career in music, which is also not particularly easy. So what encouraged you to get into music in the first place and why have you stuck with it? Um, you're totally right, man, especially in the music industry um, nowadays. Um, I mean, I got my start early on. My parents both play music, so music was kind of always in my blood, you could say. But um, I was actually pretty scared of it as a kid. And it wasn't until um, I had some older guys uh, in high school that really encouraged me and people I looked up to. And, and um, I played a concert um uh, for our youth group when I was in high school and it went over really well and I was really surprised by how that went over and also played a talent show in high school and did really well with that and that was kind of the start um, I just kind of fell in love with being able to share emotions with complete strangers you know to, to be in a room full of people that you don't know but everyone's on the same page and just feeling the same thing um, that just was really incredible to me and um What's kept me going has been a variety of things. I mean, just uh, uh, overall stubbornness, I think, um, has been a big part of it where, you know, I just wanted to do something and and I just couldn't see myself giving that up. And then just kind of uh, falling in love with it all over again and being able to share with people. And then I guess lastly, probably just um, I'm really not too good at anything else. So. Mm. You know, I don't have too many options on the table. So, Well, you mentioned falling back in love with music, which means at some point you must have fallen out of love with music. So what was it that caused that dynamic to happen? How did you fall out of love and then fall back in love with music again? You know, I think with, with anything, it doesn't matter what you do, you're going to get bored of it. Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, like, hey, man, you know, like, what's it like living the dream? And, you know, you get to do uh, music stuff every day. And like, that's totally true. I'm super lucky to get to do what I do. But on the flip side, it's like, doesn't matter, you know, you could be a professional ice cream taster. And eventually, you're going to get tired of it. And it's going to become a job. And that point, it's almost it's almost even more scary, because then the thing that you love the most just became a job, and you don't really enjoy it anymore. But I think, you know, it just, you kind of just have to press through those times and, and keep working and, and keep your head down. And, and then um, eventually you kind of come out of it and, and you rediscover all those things that you loved about it. And, and at that point, you're even farther ahead 
and you love it even more. And uh, it, it's a process, it's a, a up and down process, kind of keep going through. Yeah. So you mentioned just sticking to it. And that's one of those things that any young leader at some point, especially early in their career, are going to find themselves in difficult situations. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering was it just sheer grit that got you through those times? Was it the knowledge that on the other side, things are going to get better? What was it that got you through those more difficult times? Man, um, yeah, I think I think a lot of it is just being stubborn. You know, if you, you believe in something and sometimes you like, even when you stop believing in it, you just got to keep telling yourself that you had believed in it at one point and, um, you know, just keep taking step by step. and and. Um, I think one of the things that a lot of leaders, especially early leaders will struggle with um, myself, definitely included is just, just doubt. You know, there's so many, um, uh, so many things that can come up and, and um, really make you doubt what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it. Um, And I think those doubts, an amazing thing that makes you can make you better. But at the end of the day, you can't let it, you know, cripple you and, and stop what you're doing. For sure. Have you had people along the way that have supported you and kind of helped you to refocus in those difficult times? Definitely. I mean, there's a lot of people here in Atlanta um, that have really helped me out, uh, mostly just by places to stay. Um, You know, um, I I stayed with uh, several different families here um, since I've been in Atlanta. You know, uh, some points just like doing odd jobs to pay rent or, some folks have just let me stay for free for a couple months, you know, when I was getting my start early on. Yeah. So you kind of mentioned that back in high school, you had some people who, who saw something in you that maybe you didn't see in yourself or at least encourage you to pursue music more in the moment. Did you realize that those were key moments in your life or is it only looking back that you realize that what they did for you and what they said to you set you up for the future? I mean, I, I feel like I kind of knew it then. Like I, a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that was going on, I, I just felt a confidence that I'd never had before, and felt a sense of calling, and you know, um, kind of just had a vision for what I wanted to do. I think I knew back then that it was what you know what they had given to me was was really going to carry a, a long distance. Yeah. Yeah. And how about in the last few years, have there been any moments like that where you realize that this right here is very likely going to set me up for a better future? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's been uh, several moments. I mean, you'd mentioned um, uh, opening for Andy Grammer. I think that was one of the big ones. I had just uh, won a competition and to open up for him in D.C. And I played the show and it went really well and kind of made some good relationship. Uh, connections with his tour manager and long story short I ended up just traveling across the country um sleep sleeping out of the back of my Honda and um playing playing on the street for people waiting in line before his shows um and um I don't know it just kind of gave me a sense of like even though it was it was hard it, it just gave me a sense of momentum and you know every every time I I would just play for people standing in line and I would just bring a a clipboard so people could sign up for my email list. And so, you know, every show I just got another 50 some emails and slowly just built, uh, you know, I just sing for people with my guitar and outside. 
that was a big one. The, the biggest thing, though, is uh, just probably being married. Uh, got married two years ago, and it's just kind of given me a whole new perspective on things. And she really, really, really helps me. I, I'm able to just, you know, write a song and send it to her. And she's awesome because she's not musical at all. Um, so I can send her a song, and she'll be like, I like this. I don't like this. And that's it. You know, I feel like a lot of times it's really nice to have a non-musical perspective on things. And then the last thing is probably just doing stuff with Lecrae at Reach Records. It's kind of shaped me a lot um, just in the direction that I'm going right now and giving me a good insight into the way the industry works. Just working with a lot of big time producers, you know, people doing stuff with Kanye West and Camille Cabela and just a lot of a lot of these producers that are really deep in the music industry. It's given me a good perspective. So what is it like when you get to go to that next level and see what people are doing there? Are you able to take that back with you when you're thinking about your own music? Or is it just one of those things where like, wow, that's something that I could never do, but I would love to get there someday? Man, I think it's definitely the the first. I mean, every time I go and meet with people, it's, you know, I'm able to take a college course. You know, every time I go meet up with folks, because you just see how they're doing things. And to be honest, it's it's really not that different you know like a lot of the stuff I learn is I'm too picky about things like you know I'll go hang out with some producer that's working on some song for some huge artist and like they're doing everything wrong you know like their their audio uh, samples are clipping and distorting and it sounds off and and they're you know they're just doing all this stuff but but they just do it because it sounds good and so a lot of it you know I'll go back and start working on my stuff and just kind of utilizing the things that I learned and just go from there. So people talk about leadership as a stage from time to time, which is sometimes metaphorical and sometimes not. But for you and what you do, very often it's quite literal. So how much do you think about the messages that you're giving to your audience when you're up on stage? Um, you know, um, I think about it a, a good bit on stage and then also off stage. I think one of the, the biggest stages for me is the, the songwriting platform which then ties into the live show when I'm on stage, you know, I really like to give people a backstory and, and explain, you know, like kind of a little backdrop on why I wrote the song. And I really want to give people music. That's really good. I mean, as a, as a Christian, I, I really want to be able, my goal is to just connect people with Christ. I want to be like a, a bridge. You know, I want to be able to um, reach people that may not, you know, know Christ and where I feel called and the message I want to send is like just talking about everyday stuff. I mean, there's plenty of amazing artists out there in the Christian music market that are, you know, covering all aspects of, of, uh, you know, uh, just songs about church or about faith and stuff like that. And I'd like to have a couple of those, but I really like having songs that are about relationships and about real life stuff that's written from a, a honest, and godly perspective. I think one of the biggest things is I really like writing songs about my wife, about our relationship and the high points and low points. And uh, I want to give kids a good frame of reference for, you know, how to, how to build a healthy relationship. I mean, kids are out there hearing, you know, everything anyways, you know, so why not talk about, you know, love and sex and marriage and stuff like that from a point of view that's more healthy. And were there things in your life that kind of 
pointed you in that direction or is it just one of those things that for whatever reason is something you're really passionate about? You know, I think it started with my upbringing. My parents were always, the music they always listened to was pretty, you know, counterculture. I think a lot of the kids in my youth group and, and friends like that, it was, you know, we were always really big on counterculture stuff. And so that that's probably where it started. I've always just kind of had a, a passion for that. And I think it's kind of developed a little bit more in recent years just because now I'm married and I have a great context to write out of. Granted, you know, you can write, you can always write songs that are about um, somebody else, but I feel like it's more powerful to the listener when you know it's coming from an honest place from the songwriter. So another part of anytime you're starting out in something, and I think this is especially true in music, you have to be collaborating with other people. And we mentioned some of these already, some of the opportunities you had. What is it that you've learned about collaboration? You know, that's 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 really true. Um, collaboration is really key. You know, the best songs and the, the best products that you're going to have um, are probably going to be things that you didn't expect and, and just from some collaboration with somebody else. I think it's really important to, you know, a lot of times as an artist, you feel like, hey, I just need to like get a laptop and just like hunker down my apartment for the, the next whole month. I'm not going to leave I'm just going to like stay here until I come up with some genius work of art. And I feel like that's a, that's a big no, no, you know, just getting, cause I've done that a lot of times and just kind of tried to, to pull magic out of myself and magic is there, you know, like it doesn't matter what you're trying to be a leader in. Like you've got the experiences and the, the stuff that's there, but a lot of times it takes other people to show you where it's at or to unlock that. Um, the flip side of that, though, that I I would say to people is that, um, you know, I feel like you can you can err on the other side too of going too far into collaboration and just depending on other people to get your stuff done. Um, at the end of the day, my best my best work usually comes right after I just collaborated. So I'll like do a song write with somebody. And it's fun and it's great. And we come up with some cool ideas. And then I go back to my studio and I just knock out a whole song by myself. And, you know, it just comes naturally and it all flows. And on one side, like, no, I, I did that song all by myself and it wasn't a collaboration. But on the, the uh, other side, if I hadn't have gone out, done the song right, done whatever, I wouldn't have kind of had a new different perspective on things and so it's like thanks to the collaboration, but you also have to just own it and realize that if you're not going to make it happen, then no one is. Yeah, that's a good point. So as far as that goes, is it just that it gets your creative juices flowing, that it gets your energy flowing? Have you been able to identify what it is about collaboration that helps you function better also on your own? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just not getting stuck, at least for me as a songwriter, as a creative um, one of the biggest keys is just anytime I, I, I'm learning that anytime I just am stuck on one thing, maybe it's a lyric, maybe it's a part of the production, maybe it's the mix of the song. Um, if I'm just stuck on something, I'm working too long on that. I just feel like um, the the uh, odds of this thing being successful and being taken to the finish line, you know, are diminishing with every hour I'm spending on something that I feel stuck on. And so a lot of times with collaboration, 
you know, you've just got a couple other people in the room that are able to fill in those little holes that you can't fill in at that, in those moments. And you're able to just keep rolling. Hmm. That's good. So you talked about collaboration a little bit, and I'm wondering what are other skills that you've picked up since starting your career as a musical artist? Mm, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of lot to be said for just communication skills, emails. There's a protocol that is in every industry, you know, uh, film or music or, you know, whatever you're doing. Um, there's different protocol and different ways of doing things. I, a lot of a lot of times in the music business, it's key to just keep things really concise and to the point, um, especially with emails. A lot of times in the music industry, you don't want to reach out to somebody unless somebody has already recommended that you do that. A lot of times you can end up just kind of getting yourself blacklisted or just, you know, people aren't going to talk to you just because you keep bugging people. So just learning kind of the nuances of the industry that you're in and how to communicate with people, learning the like ladder of hierarchy, so to speak, and just how to, to involve yourself with people that are, you know, a couple steps ahead of you. Yeah. So have you just picked that up over time or is that something that someone was able to teach you along the way? Yeah, it's just over time, you know, a lot of collaboration stuff. Um, really helps um, just learning you know say you're writing for somebody else's project and then they're trying to send it off to a label or something like that just you know be in the room when they're writing the email and see how they word it and um, and then just trial and error you know like see what works see what was able to get attention and what wasn't and then you know, just keep doing the things that work and stop doing the things that don't <laughs> yeah so you just released your new video for Cool Kid. What's up next for you in the next coming days and weeks? Yeah, um, so we're getting ready to release another song called um, it's called Jealous, and I'm pretty pumped about it. It's a just kind of a happy, fun summer vibes kind of song, but um, I just wrote it about um, about my wife. You know, it's kind of just about how a lot of times when you're with somebody or in a relationship you know, people get jealous and, and might treat you different, but it's kind of like a, you know, don't get too concerned about what other people think of you and don't get bothered if they're jealous. We're working on a music video shoot. So just trying to uh, figure out the location and the kind of concept and stuff like that. And then hopefully release it in the next two or three weeks. Well, Abe, thanks for joining today. Now, before you go, we have a few questions that are meant to inspire us toward better leadership. So you ready for this? Yep. Awesome. What is some lesson, saying, or experience that continues to influence your leadership to this day? I think one of the biggest ones, just with uh, collaboration, um, I, th I think it's some African proverb. Um, it goes, uh, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. You know, having, a, having the right people around you really is going to get you where you want to go. Like, you can go there by yourself you know, or try to get there, but you're going to burn out after a while. Use three descriptors to finish this sentence. A leader is? Mm, um, I'd say others focused, a part of something bigger and driven. What is a question that leaders should be asking either themselves or others? 
Um, how, I think a good question is how, how can I add value? Um, how are you adding value to the people that you're leading or to the cause that you're, you're doing? What book would you recommend to leaders? Um, you know, maybe it's not a book. I, I'd recommend a podcast. Um, this mostly for music folks, but it's a podcast called and the writer is, um, it's a, they just, uh, interview <clears throat> all the uh, real heavy hitter songwriters that are doing everything. And they really get in depth with the process and how they write songs. And, um, it's really eye opening. If you could get every listener to start doing something this week to help them be a better leader, what would that thing be? I think uh, probably to, you know, formulate a plan, send it to other people, and then um, just move forward with it without uh, basically eliminating doubt. Um, uh, you know, make a good plan, and then whenever you're feeling doubt or you're doubting whatever you're doing, just to uh, you know, stick with what you're, you've planned and move forward. And finally, an arbitrary but insightful question, which is this. As a general life principle, is it better to ask why or why not? Uh, I'd say asking why is better. When you ask why, uh, I feel like you kind of are able to identify um, where you're going and, you know, why you're going there. When asking why not, it almost feels like, why not get you sidetracked, you know, like, well, why not do this or why not, you know, go off on this tangent? Um, I think asking why is a better question. Abe, thank you so much for your time today. If people want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, yeah, of course, man. I, it was awesome. If people like my music, they can find me on Instagram, uh, just at Abe Parker, or you can find my music on Spotify, just at Abe Parker. And anything else, you can just go to my website, which is abeparker.net. Awesome. Abe, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. I hope you found today's interview valuable. We'll be back on Friday to discuss the interview and share some of our key takeaways with you. If you want to share some of your own thoughts on what you heard today, or if you want to leave other feedback for the show, email us at community at lifeasleadership.com. And if you think today's interview could be helpful to someone else who cares about becoming a better leader, go ahead and share it with them. Until next time, keep living and leading well. Hey, thanks for checking out this trailer for the Business Bitcoinization Show. My name is Josh Friedemann, and I'll be with you each episode interviewing business owners about how they're using Bitcoin to enrich their lives and grow their businesses. You might be wondering about the name, and I'll get to that in just a second. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about the show and who it's for. Unless you've lived under a rock for the last decade, you've heard of Bitcoin by now. And if you're like me, you heard about it a while ago, but didn't do anything about it until the last couple of years. Then one day, for whatever reason, it finally clicks. And after that, you enter the Bitcoin rabbit hole, as they say. And the deeper you get, the more you see the value of Bitcoin. But you know, maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you don't know much about Bitcoin, but are interested in learning more. Either way, this show can help you. Each episode will introduce you to an executive or entrepreneur who's using Bitcoin, the hardest money on planet Earth, to improve their life and their business. So, what's with the name? Well, it's a play on the term hyper-Bitcoinization, which is used to describe the eventual rapid adoption of Bitcoin as other currencies get weaker and weaker in relation to it. 
When you compare a seemingly never-ending supply of dollars to a hard cap of 21 million Bitcoin that will ever exist, it feels like only a matter of time until hyper-Bitcoinization happens. The good news is we have the opportunity to be on the front lines of creating a new and frankly better system. Whether you're already sold on Bitcoin and it feels like I'm preaching to the choir, or you're curious to learn more, Business Bitcoinization will help you understand how you and your business can be prepared to take advantage of the massive productivity and wealth that Bitcoin will enable. If Business Bitcoinization sounds like a show for you, go ahead and subscribe. Obviously, you can subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using right now, or go to www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. Once again, that's www.bizbitshow.com slash listen. I'm looking forward to sharing more soon, and until then, keep living and leading well.